This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the MK1 podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, we're back after a a weekend where we've got a win, which is absolutely fantastic. It's not as many wins to react to this season, to say the least. So it's nice to get another one off, off the board, especially in the league away from home. Um, Ross, obviously an eventful weekend outside football for us also with our NFL teams taking part. Obviously, we won't talk about that too much, but, uh, but how are you doing, mate? You had to mention it, didn't you? you had of course, to. come on. You- I, I was, uh, it was a bit of a karma, really, when I was sending Ollie and Liam messages about what, it headed into third quarter, I was all, practically already celebrating, and I said to Joe Chapman, funnily enough, I said, I, I actually did say to him, I said, what do you just watch? And yeah, the inevitable happened, and we collapsed against, obviously, Dolphins, but uh, the beauty about the NFL is there's always a game the following week. <laughs> You sound like Liam Manning. <laughs> <laughs> not too high, not too low. Um, no, yeah, and it was a. To be fair, I said to you, and think start of the third quarter, like congrats on the win because we were fucking dreadful. But you know, Tua two, two came alive, which is fantastic for us. Um, and yeah, hopefully, I'm, I'm sure you're beating New England because uh, they're fucking dreadful next this week coming up. So, but yes, yeah, it's been an interesting weekend, and obviously, Joe, you were at Oxford with Ross. So, uh, how you doing, mate? Yeah, yeah, not bad. I've, I've, I think I suspected tonsillitis I've got, so um, oh. I've, I've come off the end of that, but I was still there at Oxford. And then um, I wanted to sit somewhere nice and quiet on the side. And then about 10 minutes before kickoff, turned to our side and the drum had pitched up uh, about four seats away. So, yeah, <laughs> oh, wonderful way to get through Saturday afternoon. But I guess when there's a win involved, you can't blame too much. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And... I felt I suppose we'll we'll get into it. Um, obviously, away to Oxford, it was a game that, well, I, I mean, especially I was I wasn't too hopeful about. I know a few of us guys picked the result in here, and we got one, which is fantastic. And I think we'll get into the whole sort of elements about it. But you know, seeing Matt Smith score in the first half of a, it was it was it his goal probably was um, bit of a deflected home goal, and maybe some people were saying, but. It's it's a difficult one to tell, but uh, I think he got given it, so it's his goal. That's one nil. I go into half time after, you know, they. It was an interesting, interesting first half of them hitting the post twice, and I think we maybe should have been level at least going into the break. But was hate taking into half time in the second half, of course. Had to weather a bit of a storm from Oxford, and you can see why they're so high in the XG table in terms of chances they do create. But Will Grigg came on, um, beat the beat the press. Eastwood trips him up and he tucks it away for 2-0. It's a great penalty, by the way. Obviously, uh, their centre-back um, scored for another set-piece, which I'm, I'm sure we'll get into a set-piece later on this episode. But a 2-1 win overall. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Ross, four points off the playoffs, technically. I know it may feel like a long way away from there because some of our recent performances, but a win's a win at the end of the day. Yeah, as you say, it's three points. And um, I think you probably can just say that about this performance. I, f- I felt it was a really entertaining entertaining game end-to-end. Um, 
both halves. Um, two teams obviously needing the points and um, obviously we edged it, but we uh, we certainly got lucky in that first half in my eyes. Um, obviously, Brown hit the post and then Brannigan, how he missed, I don't know, but um, but I think it was just before that, I think um, Carl Joseph, he had a glaring chance from the set piece and um, it, well, f- from my point of view, I was, I was, Saying to myself, well, we'd be lucky to go one nil, uh, nil nil going in, obviously into half time, and then Matt Smith uh, came out with the goods. But I think what obviously a lot of the stats doesn't doesn't uh, show is how many like dangerous positions we got into, and the amount of times we, oh, especially Harvey, he got got in, and he just it was just a final touch, or or he just held on the ball for too long and. It was just a case of just look up and just have a dig at the end of the day because obviously after Bolton, we needed shots on target. We needed some exciting football. And in in the end, I, I do feel like we got that. Um, but I think the main reason why we won the game, and I know I don't like to single out players, but Josh McEachran, um, he was he was outstanding in the middle of the pitch. Um, Joe, Joe in the car on the way home, he said, he said to me, he said, name your man of the match. He said, I won't give you any clues. And uh, we both named Josh McEachran. And I think it just brings that element of calmness about this midfield. And you can tell that he's the more senior figure in the squad. Um, He just offloads the ball and makes everything look so easy. And I know, obviously, you could question he should have been sent off. And, yeah, there were some questionable decisions in the game, um, especially that penalty late on as well. Um, how the ref didn't give that, but saying that we we, we haven't had our, our luck this season, so it's about time we uh, we did have that in our favour. And um, yeah, we obviously took away the three points, but I think overall, obviously with these two weeks off, I think it was key we got a result, and fortunately we did. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, we do, we certainly, if you do, if you do believe that we needed the luck, to, say rode our luck in that performance, if you do believe we needed it, but. I know one man who doesn't feel that we were lucky at all is Joe. And obviously you were there on Saturday. How did you feel it went overall? Yeah, I think I think we deserved our win. I think towards the end, you know, I think first half they did have that those two shots that um, kind of they hit the post and then followed by the bar. And then we scored, you know, five minutes later. But in general play, it, it was all us. Um, and I think one of the keys to it was we actually had a link between the midfield and the attack this time. And the midfield, you know, that contained Josh McEachran, who he was just, his, his, his passing was just forward. I know it sounds very, very, you know, simple, but it was. And then we had two players, we played box midfield, which was nice. And you had Conor Grant and Matt Smith there. And both of them were, you know, Matt Smith especially, he was really attacking. And he said in his interview that he wanted to just be direct. And it, it worked. And... I guess the only frustration is, and Ross was bang on with it, is we didn't have more shots. We got into, the, in terms of um, box entries and touches in the box, it, that must have been one of our best performances of the season. And we easily could have racked up 12, 15 shots from really good locations if that, and it wasn't even about necessarily the final ball sometimes because we'd get that, we'd get it, but just no one would shoot. Um, and I think as well, we saw when Grig came on, that he, he he made like one run and he's through getting and he gets played the ball. It's like sometimes you need to make that run to be able to, for someone else to play that ball. And it was a cracking ball from Matt Smith to play uh, Will Grigg through, who then got mm, taken down by the goalkeeper. <laughs> I, I mean, we were we were far away from that, but yeah, um, I think yeah. Look, look, Oxford did create chances, but they're going to when they're one nil down and they're throwing everything at it. But I think, you know, we restricted them to... There was a couple of chances that were pretty good, but on the whole, we did restrict them to not much, in, in my view. Um, and I think that, that you know, a class set-piece goal, yeah, that's annoying. And like you said, we'll get into that more. But, um, yeah, just to wax, wax lyrical about McEachran, you know, I saw him. He was, organi- he was actually organising the attack. You know, he was telling, you know, Grant, come in. He was telling Smith, go wider. He was telling Dennis, you know, when to come short, when to go long. And even just stuff like his positions, it almost forces you into the ball that you're going to play next. 
So the amount of one-twos in the middle of the pitch with Devoy, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the whole game just opens up. Um, and so I think that was the difference. And just actually having a link between the midfield and attack. Oh, look, we can we, we can attack. And when you're not relying on your left back and your right back to do the attacking for you. So much better. I think, um, yeah, we didn't necessarily have the shots, but I think, it, you know, in terms of the threat we had, that the threat we had was the most dangerous we've looked for for a while, really. Yeah, and I, mean, I dare say it, but, you know, when when Russ was really trying to develop his team here, when he was like the likes of Sorinola, Fraser, et cetera, et cetera, it was all about getting into the box, getting touches in the box. And, you know, we eventually got to the point of where we just need to take more risks with the football. And we sort of tried that to be shots. And, you know, we, we eventually got there. And of course, towards the end of that season, we did really well when we got to that sort of form where we needed to be at. And obviously the season following happened and things like that. So, yeah, I think, it, I think it's it's sort of, it sort of mimics that a tiny bit this season. Obviously, it's different players, different coaching staff, but you know the the familiarity system, the philosophies are still the same. It's and I think Joe's picked up a good point there, and you both have to be fair on that front. So I know we mentioned last episode about McEachran, and we were a bit worried about him coming straight into the team, but um, without going into too much, he looks straight at home, and I think you guys have really touched on some good points there, and. You know, he mentioned his interview that got released today about the team has been really low on confidence after Bolton and he didn't really feel that even though he came onto the pitch that those minutes he did sort of participate in, they weren't really his like return from injury and he felt this game was. And I think you could tell and it's it's really easy to see that with the consistency from last season, the likes of Louis, O'Hora, McEachran and Harvey, they're all really looking to get forward and be positive with the football. So it's all about having those four on the pitch all the time and of course, Jamie, of course, being five. So having those five people on the pitch all the time who are thinking positively with the football and hopefully that'll influence the others around them to really do uh, the same as them. And, you know, as as you mentioned, get into the box, score some goals and uh, get us at the league table, basically. Obviously, with, with McEachran coming back um, and having that one-two sort of partnership with Devoy in the middle, it allowed Matt Smith to be a bit more advanced and, as, as Joe said, be a part of that sort of right-hand side of the box midfield. And... I think it's easy to say he was one of the better players on the pitch alongside McEachery on the day. You know, he, he got he got his goal, whether it's dubious or not, um, and was pretty pretty unlucky not to get an assist also in terms of the ball he did play uh, for the Griggs penalty. But Ross, obviously, a very good performance from a guy who's just starting for Wales tonight in an Ages League, so good luck to Matt. But, you know, really, really culture performance in the end. Yeah, and I think, obviously, um, he mentioned um, straight after the game in sense of, um, he just needed to chill out a bit more when he's on the ball and he didn't want to force things. And I think that's such a key key thing with these young players. Uh, sometimes it gets the better of you and you just want to always make that that Hollywood pass or that final ball. And I think sometimes, especially with McEachran, I, I noticed sometimes, and I know we speak about Smith here, but when Smith was trying things, McEachran would always be the first person to go up to, go up to him and pat him on the back and say, Good effort. Let's let's go back and re- reset, sort of thing. And it's it's just having that encouragement to, to just as you say, take that risk and play that final ball. And I think with Smith, what you get is, you know, if if it doesn't work out for him, he'll always give you one hundred and ten percent on the pitch in terms of covering ground. And I think sometimes you take that for granted, um, especially in this system. And I know um, we've struggled with with it recently in terms of through the through the middle of the pitch. I think if you've got someone, I know Kasumi covered a lot of ground last year. I think you're never going to be able to replicate that sort of player. But in terms of someone who's willing to bust a gut and recover the ball or get the ball up the pitch, I think Matt Smith's that perfect player. And I think with time and minutes, I think with a lot of players in his squad, um, obviously we don't know our starting eleven at the moment, but I feel like Matt Smith has got a huge part to play in this season. Yeah, he was kind of, I remember we spoke about this, didn't we, um, towards the end of last season, but also the start of this season in terms of, you know, we spent a fair chunk of money on Matt Smith from Man City and we we expected his role to be a fairly influential one this season and, you know, what he's done so far, admittedly, you know, some of the games has not been that great, but the team hasn't been that great. And obviously when the team plays kind of well, he, he's, he's in the role in that. So it's good that he's stepping up and being that player that we know he can be. 
and hopefully that continues for club and country to get to the World Cup. So I think I think another player, as Ross mentioned, a lot of players need time and minutes in the team, but I think one of the players who is is perfect is that that explanation is Jack Tucker. I think um some stats are released by D3D for football showing that Jack Tucker is I think it was in terms of percentage defensive duels, he was highest in the league centre backs. So that EFL. shows how good I was at EFL, even better than EFL. So that shows how good he is defensively. But I think with the actual sort of players like the squad also, I think it's gonna take time for him to develop other sides of his game, uh, particularly with distributing the football in general. Um, and we've seen it in a few games where he I think he takes a safe option and going long, maybe potentially in taking the risk. And it could take a little while to him to develop that but Joe I mean he's a great defender clearly obviously I'm sure this international break he'll work a bit on his passing and irrelevances again like that yeah and I think it's weird one with him because when I, I think back to when Warren O'Hara came first came in the team and you could tell he had something about him but Let's be clear, like I, I remember at the start, like Warren O'Hora, he was in and out of the team. He, he weren't a surefire starter for his early period at the club. And it was probably Warren O'Hora, it was probably his on the ball stuff that was letting him down, if anything. And um, and you know, and that was playing out on the right. And I think, you know, Jack Tucker, he's been thrown into a team that is not playing well, a team that is different. Um and he was given an absolutely major responsibility. When Darling came in, Darling came into a settled team and came right into the middle of it. It was, you know, Keogh out, Darling in, boom. You know, but the team was already set up, essentially. So I think Tucker's, you know, he's had a real hard job and he's not done, and then let's get it straight, you know, he's not as if he's, I'm not saying um, he's the best player on the uh, planet and he's never made a mistake in his life, but I think you can tell defensively that I'd, I'd say he's better than Harry Darling defensively. And, and this is Harry Darling that's actually, um, you know, Swansea have had a bit of an upturn in form and it's come with Harry Darling sat on the bench, unfortunately. Um, and I think that with with Tucker, him him going on the right, it's almost just taken the spotlight off him a little bit. And it's almost, you know, he's not as crucial in build-up. And I think that's just allowed him to focus on the defending, which is it's probably key asset. Well, it is his key asset. And then just ease him into the style of play. You know, he's been playing hoofball under Steve Evans, Neil Harris. Um, oh God, it, it would scar anyone for life. Um, it's, it's not like, you know, Mark Bonner. Mark Bonner he was um, Harry's manager, Harry Dallin's manager at Cambridge, you know, and we've seen what a good job he's done and how, um, you know, how well he's thought of as a coach. So I think just two completely different players. Um, and I think that he, he's, he's doing a good job. He's doing a good job. I mean, he's not the second coming of Christ yet, but it's he's getting there. And I think he just needs to be cut a bit of slack because, uh, you know, I just think people need to remember that for people like Warren O'Hora or, you know, it's not always been plain sailing for, for them. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned O'Hora days. I think Ross, he's got, he's got the perfect two in a sense, role models to work off in terms of was um, and journey he's taken on, but also Louis and the fact that he's been here for ages and Louis in every state you look at echoes what we want for a centre-back in terms of progression. So he's got the perfect two players to learn and sort of amend his model to. Yeah, and I, th- I think what people have to remember is I, I think Joe nailed it right on the head in terms of like, it's not a like-for-like replacement. And I think... What people will have to realise is in the sense of, yeah, yeah. granted, he, he was playing for a dual side, but um, I think he he looks a lot better when he's playing out on that right-hand side, but then Woz can't do his normal thing. And I don't feel like Woz is the Harry Darling of the team. So I think people have just got to let that one go and and say, it's Harry Darling. Yeah, granted, it, it was great when we had him, but we've got to let that go now. And I don't think you've got many players at this level and that's the reason why Harry Harry Darling progressed so quickly was because he was way too good for this level. At, at the moment, we've got the team we've got for a reason. And I think Jack Tucker in, his, in himself, he's progressively getting better and better as time goes on. And I think he's still learning. He, you, you forget he's only been with this team for, what, nine games. And I, I think that's it's harsh to say that he's been, he's been poor because he hasn't, I think... 
the game against Sheffield Wednesday, he was arguably man of the match. Um, so he has had standout performances. So it's just a ca- case of getting some consistency in his game. But can't we say that for the whole team? Yeah, we, we definitely can. We definitely can. And I know, I know, I think prior to the Oxford game, there was, I mean, after actually, obviously, we recorded this a little while ago, recorded on the Thursday afternoon. Um, there was always XG numbers released. And I think people saw us in like 23rd or something. They were like, oh, you know, we're, we're, we're like quite low down there compared to last season. We were like first or second, something like that in terms of the actual chance that we were creating. But as we said, you know, much like the defensively and we're actually one of the better teams that lead defensively, bear in mind. It's just going to take time and it's just going to take, as we said, you know, players taking more risks on the ball and it's going to go from having four or five players to having that mentality and having that drilled into them to the whole 11. And hopefully this international break provides them a bit of time to get into that bit of time on the pitch. I'm sure they'll play at least one behind closed door game. I think most teams are this break just to keep the minutes up in the legs. And obviously we've only, I only think what four of our players heading off. That would make sense to me. But I mean, Joe, in terms of obviously we spoke about the set piece situation and I think it's past the last eight goals we conceded have been from set pieces, which is a bit outrageous to be honest. Obviously, I'm sure that's the number one thing that the coaches, staff are looking to sort of highlight and improve on um, over the international break. Is there, is there anything else that you'd sort of pinpoint and maybe ask them to or request them to have a look at? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I think I think the penalties you can put down to... I mean, but the penalties, it was, you know, was and was Louis gave away the first two and they were both... They, they were penalties and... Um, I think with them ones, you're like, it's almost as they people just trying too hard, I think, to try and yeah. when things aren't going well, people just maybe get a bit desperate. Same with Devoy. He didn't need to go for that ball, but he stretched himself. And, you know, we were doing okay. We weren't playing amazing. But, um, yeah, so maybe there's an element of that. Um, but in terms of set pieces, I just, it's so weird because, you know, it, the, the managers largely are, are in charge of, set piece right and there'll probably be an element of zonal and a bit an element of man marking etc so we obviously know how to do it because last season I think only one or two teams conceded less xg from corners you know we were one of the top dogs for defending our set pieces and I don't buy the fact that oh Harry Darling's gone and you know so we've lost a bit of height in there because I'd say Jack Tucker's every bit as good in the air as Harry Darling is and then, you know, people like Twine and Parrot, well, we've got now got someone like Dennis or, you know, Connor Grant's like over six foot. So if anything, we've probably gained height in the middle, in the in the actual box. And then, you know, right wing back, we used to have Kessler Hayden. Now we've got Oyagoke, who's six foot plus. So I don't buy that we, you know, that, oh yeah, the, you know, the new players aren't suited to set pieces. I don't, that's not a reason for me. I think it, it for me, it's got it is down to just the players. I think that we we know the coaching staff can coach set pieces. We we know that, and it's just I mean some of them have been just beautiful deliveries, and you just go yeah, fair enough. That's you know fair play, but yeah, there definitely needs to just be some hammering home of that because they're cheap goals. You know, in this is the thing in in play in general play. We, we, yeah, we've given up chances, but it's not as if we give up loads and loads and loads. Like that Bolton game, they I can't even remember if they had a decent chance in the first half hour and then they go 1-0 up and all of a sudden we're chasing and there's loads of space in behind. It's just, you know, so you're just setting yourself up to fail and shooting yourself in the foot if you're poor from set pieces. I mean, you can see it with Leicester. They score three goals against... Um, Leicester City, they're one of the worst teams defending set pieces. They score three goals away at Tottenham and still lose comfortably. You know, it's just one of them. I know they didn't concede loads of set pieces that game, but it's just the principle. You can score however many you want, but if you're always going to got a cheap goal to concede in you, then um, yeah, it's just, it's just 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 needs to be really tightened up. Really, really does. Yeah, I mean Ross, I mean Joe mentioned about um, you know it's on the players really to sort of you know sort of out essentially on, on the pitch but do you reckon there's a communication issue in there also in terms of you know I know I know Darling wasn't wasn't a good defender as Tucker but the centre of that defence has gone missing and we know Was can do it but it's ultimately it's because it's time for him to adjust to it permanently so is there a sort of a no one's there to sort of lead the line to no set pieces or is it bigger than that? 
I, I, I think it's 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 a I think it's a minor issue, but it's a major issue on paper. If you get me, I think on the pitch, I think the only way, obviously, the team to get better at set pieces is to be in those in those scenarios. Yeah, granted, you can you can do everything on the training pitch and say yeah you you stand there you stand there you zone that bit if they want to do zone or if or if they want to do man marking it, I I personally feel it's just about the the match day scenario you you put yourself into and I think it's just just it's just basic scenarios of just being sta- just standing up and being counted in your own box and I think yeah we 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 can we can call out the defenders but I think. I'm not. I'm not throwing um, shade at Jamie coming here, but the one against Bolton, um, we we talked about it. it was it reminded us of Lee Nichols at Oxford that time, where he didn't know whether to go for the ball, he didn't know whether to stay in his goal, and I think it's just as you say, just a bit of communication. I, I, I don't feel like it's a big worry. I think if they work hard on the training pitch, I'm sure they'll they'll get it sorted. Yeah, communication's a good point, I think, because a lot of the players are new, so maybe it's just a matter of. Oh, I thought I thought you had. Oh no, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's yeah, just yeah, communication. I think as well, perhaps, and because Jamie coming, he doesn't seem the most vocal. But we, you know, I remember Wickham away and how good he was from crosses, and how vocal he was, and how he just controlled like every ball that was coming in the box. And this was against Wickham. I wasn't worried. This was the game in January. I'd like to add, um, <laughs> but um, I mean, yeah, just I think we've got the tools there to do it. I think it just needs. Tightening up because on paper we should be we shouldn't be in this uh, situation. Yeah, and without going into it too much, I mean that's, that's maybe why I took a start on the technical defence to start of the season. You know, him and Kevin have got a pretty good relationship from Gillingham. Yes, it was a different system, but principle still applies. Obviously, now was in the centre. Um, yes, they played each other last season, but ultimately was on the right hand side of the defence, and Jamie was obviously in goal. So. Yeah, I think it's just a, it's just a communication thing. It's going to take time. I think that a relationship needs to be developed there. And ultimately, regardless of whether it's open play or through set piece, what is going to be that central defender who, like Jamie's, needs to organise that line and sort it all out. So, yeah, again, it's just a thing that's going to take time to sort out. I, I don't think it's a, as Ross said, I don't think it's a, of course, it's a major issue right now, but it's a minor issue moving forward. And I think, well, I hope that the team can sort of iron out over this sort of, 10-day period we're not playing a game but you know if it pops up again I wouldn't be too shocked but hopefully it doesn't um I mean the last thing I want to mention regarding the game and before we moved on to a, a separate segment is that with the box midfield obviously our most of our strikers you could say are our support strikers in some sense in fact they like to link up play and the pretty much all of them are quite physical I just wanted to get your guys thoughts on the striker room right now and what you guys are thinking about it in terms of obviously Dennis started against um, Oxford and Grid came on and got the goal but is there anyone sort of you know taking your fancy in terms of starting up front for Peterborough at home or is it very much just uh, everyone getting minutes and getting used to the system right now? I think I'd go just trying to think of Peterborough they got Ronnie Edwards haven't they? Yes they stick, do still stick, still. stick Coyote on Ronnie Edwards I yeah, think, I, I think I it think is it's game though. by game. I think it is game by game because, you know, I, I'm so glad we are just starting one strike because, my goodness, we don't have the wing backs to start two. Um, <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, you just need, I think you need one that it suits the game because, you know, I think with Oxford, we knew that we were going to get high turnovers and we knew that if we pressed, like McGuane especially, he gave the ball quite a few, gave away the ball quite a few times when we pressed him. Whereas there's going to be some games where actually we're going to dominate the possession. And so if we're going to dominate the possession, like say maybe against a Shrewsbury, you know, I'd rather maybe have a Will Grigg in there because you want someone in the box to make movements. You don't want, you're not going to be playing on the counter attack like, or in transition like we were with Dennis. Um, so that's my thoughts. I think it just depends on, on how you know how much we expect to dominate the game because we know there's not really many better strikers in the you know we saw what the goals against Morecambe were perfect examples you know like for, for Will Grigg you know the, the ones Will Grigg scored both of them they weren't necessarily counter attacks but it was when we had a spell of possession a bit good bit of movement and all of a sudden it opens up and, and he scored um, 
and whereas Oxford, it wasn't, it was more transitions and counterattacks that we had. So yeah, depends on how the opponent plays, I think, and how much of the ball we have. I mean, Ross, are you in the same boat with Joe there in terms of it's a game by game basis type situation? I'm waiting for Mo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. I miss him so much. MDL is uh, ready to be uh, alive and kicking. <laughs> no, um, in terms of, I think, I think we're especially with that Peter about line. Um, they do, they do struggle with, with, especially against Bolton. They were struggling against the press. And um, I just feel, yeah, you can go with that physical approach, obviously, Coyote. But I feel Dennis probably is the best option in this sort of game. I just feel, let's not make Peter. I've got to force him to go long and not let him play through us. And I think with Dennis putting him under pressure, especially Ronnie Edwards, I know he's a very calm individual and obviously he's he's doing really well for himself in terms of his career. I know he had speculation to obviously Palace and that, but I feel like with with certain players, they will crack under pressure. And uh, I think, especially in our back line, I, I think Tucker, yeah, he's been guilty of it this season, but I just feel if we can do the exact same to opposition teams and... Um, I just feel Dennis is the right option for that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think any of them are particularly playing bad at the moment. So it's good to have a striker room who, uh, you know, I was scoring goals or helping a team win games. So it's, uh, yeah, it's very positive at the moment. So it's good to hear. Okay. Um, we're going to move on to a, a new segment that we're going to introduce. There'll be a number of new segments over the coming weeks. But yeah, it wants to change up a little bit, especially with international break this week. It's uh, it feels a good time to sort of introduce something different. So, uh, a new segment called uh, Don's Debate. Um, self-explanatory title, to be honest. We're just going to debate. What's it about, Liam? I know, I know. It's it's a uh, it's, it's a really uh, it's hard to work out, isn't it? But no, so it's essentially. Um, I think one of us lads each week will just pick a topic of. Of interest, maybe between Don's, whether it be past or present, that we wanted to talk about, and uh, yeah, this this in this sort of week, it's my it's my turn. Um, I've I've kicked it off, and I've gone with the ranking of a select number of goals against uh, a certain team in Southwest London called uh, AFC. So I've picked out uh, five of my favourite goals from those games, and we're kind of just going to go around the call and sort of give our rankings and any stories that we had from those games as to why say uh this, this goal is top or this goal is last and um we'll go from there so before we get started i'll, I'll list off the goals that i've got down because obviously it's important for everyone on the call and everyone listening to know which ones we've uh we've got down um so i've gone with of course the heel of god um that's one of the options of course in the 2012 fa cup game uh and another goal from that game in the Stephen gleason goal which is the first goal of that game i've gone with troy parrot away uh from last season uh, I've gone with Soren Ola's goal during the COVID season where we, we beat them in their place. That was an own goal. I'm not happy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It's Fletcher. <laughs> I'm not having that whatsoever. Oh, I've got to change it. <laughs> we'll get into it. We'll get into it. See, I thought you were going to maybe change it. And I thought, oh, we have another five, <laughs> ten minutes. I'm another goal now. Um, okay, so there is that one. I'm, I'm counting it as a goal, by the way. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Cassie's strike at King's Meadow in the Cup. Oh, yeah. So there's there's a five. Um, I I'll go first because obviously I've got, I've made my sort of notes on it, and um, I'm assuming these boys might take five ten minutes to work out what the order is. So I'll start from the bottom, and I think I think purely because it's well actually actually just clearly just heard there's a bit of debate whether it's a goal or not. I have gone with Sarinola's uh, goal during the COVID 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 times. Um. Don't get me wrong, cracking the strike, and whether it's affected or not, and it absolutely smashed it. And obviously, we were watching it via our laptops, so there wasn't really too much um, stories and memories from it. But um, yeah, I felt it was a, a pretty important win at the time. Um, you know, we were, I think we were still in our transition period, but we were getting to the point where we were playing really good football. And I think we could clearly see the the team that was developing there. Obviously, that what happened, what happened, but. Yeah, I think Sonora strike for me, um, out of all these goals, despite how good it was, is is bottom. After that, um, I've gone with Gleason's goal in the cup. Don't get me wrong, really cracking strike. And obviously it was our first game uh, officially against AFC uh, in the cup in 2012. And 
obviously they brought a load of fans down. We had a load of our fans in the stadium also. So it's a, it's a cracking atmosphere considering what we've got, what we've got currently in the stadium. Um, but yeah, I mean, I watched the goal back today and I forgot how good it was. I think it was like, was it 30, 35 yards out? And he's managed to smack the top of the net, which is fantastic. And I think I remember being in, I wasn't in block 11. I think I was in like, um, where like block four, block five is now. And I remember just watching that smash, smash by that keeper. It's a fantastic strike. Uh, and yeah, I was, of course, a pretty memorable day. Obviously, with us getting through with the uh, another goal in here, which I'm going to mention later on. Third, this is where it gets a bit difficult. Um, I, I've gone with Cass's strike at Kings Meadow. Um, obviously, this one was a was a pretty special one. I've, I think it took it to I think it's a two two. Um, and obviously, it went to penalties. We went through in the end, but yeah, I think I think I was one of like was it five hundred Don's fans that went in the end. It wasn't a lot of us, and obviously. That was one of the games where uh, the coach just got attacked, which is lovely. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a pretty, it's a pretty special atmosphere, of course, with everything that happened with Lee. And um, yeah, really, really good game. And I felt that you know, going through a penalties and it made that a little bit more special, to be honest. And it sort of gave them the middle finger in some senses. So these next two are really tough. I think the heel of God and power away. I think it's it's quite close between the two. Um, but and I'm sure we're going to debate this once we've all got our list. But I've gone heel of God second. Um, I, I think a lot of the the fans that didn't get go didn't go to the AFC game at the new stadium will will say how how he put heel of God second. It was one of the best goals in Don's history, and you know they're probably right. And it was a special memory, of course. Last minute, I'll set my ball a little flick from a, a scuff shot. Um, obviously, we went mental, um, but. I think that with with a parrot goal, I think everything that came from that goal, see the day, you know, I think being stuck in security, which felt like for an hour, pretty much trying to get into the ground. Obviously, them them taking the lead through a classic ASC goal, like proper scrap, goal mouth scrap. And the way, I think the way this Troy just took it on the path, on the half volley, obviously the away anyone absolutely mental, flares everywhere, people getting chucked out of the ground. Um, and of course, we were in a pretty good spot at the time, you know, going for promotion. It ended up being, well, it should have been a massive point um, towards our promotion campaign. And I think, I think obviously, if it, it being the first, technically the first trip there where fans could go to that new stadium, uh, yeah, to, to mark it off with with that goal and ended up being that point was a was a pretty special day. And I suppose, I suppose you could say um, I'm ranking the moment over the goal. But at the same time, I think it kind of all goes hand in hand. And yeah, that, that goal will be put a good out in, in Don's fight. To be honest, it's one of, the, one of the better goals that we've seen in the club so, so far. So that's that's my list. And I've, talk, I've talked for long enough. So Ross, uh, what, what's your what's your one to five on that lot? Um, I, I think you've got to put that Sorinola one in terms of just the goal itself and um, the... Obviously, no fans being there. I, I don't like watching, uh, obviously, derby games on TV or what, so I'd rather be there. So I think just the overall occasion of the Sorinola goal, I know it was obviously the Plough Lane trip the first first time back, but I think, yeah, that has to be the bottom one. And then, obviously, the next four, I think I think you could put him really in any order. I think in fourth, I probably would go Gleeson. Um, I think... It's just in terms of what came next after it. I just feel it was some strike. It was it's probably one of the one of the best hits he's ever done in his whole career. But in terms of obviously the result and what we went on to do, I think you you you've got to you've got to put the heel of God obviously above it. And then obviously the parrot strike. I've got obviously got in next. I think the parrot strike. I think it's a bit of a weird one for me because of. Um, I've when Louis got the ball, everyone was sh- shouting shoot, and typical Louis, he 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 puts the ball back in the mixer, and then Parrot swipes at it, and I think he knew full well if he'd done that hundred more times, he would never hit it that sweet, and yeah, he, he hit he hit that one obviously in the right spot, and um, yeah, it was it was absolute carnage. It was yeah. It was just an unbelievable day, but it's it's a bit of a shame, obviously, where we obviously we didn't go up due to dropping two points elsewhere. And I know you don't you can't look at look back at that and say we well, was two points dropped or this and that, but 
it was really a game we should have been winning. That's the only reason why I put it in third. Then I've got the Kasumi one second, and a lot of people will probably question that. I think it was because of obviously Kasumi is one of our own, and it meant a lot more. And he was a young, obviously a young lad, and I think I might be wrong, but wasn't it his first start? I could be could be wrong there. Um, yeah, you know what? Because early in the season, wasn't it? It was like I think it was October time, maybe. So yeah, and he he had a, he had a. a his squad number wasn't the short one. It was, um, I think it was like, it was quite a long, uh, intense squad list. It was like a 26 or something yeah, like that. So yeah. it might have been. I'm not entirely sure. So I'm see. pretty sure it was probably his, one of his, well, one of his first starts. And I think obviously, obviously come from the academy and scoring it obviously against them a lot. I think it's a bit, it's, just, um, it's, it's really iconic moment for for us as a, as a club and then obviously i think we went on to win on penalties that day yeah it's four term penalties yeah yeah they could they i think they scored near enough last minute to uh send it penalties but i think yeah gilby done done the job that day and uh slotted it home and we we obviously got the bragging rights but obviously i think i think everyone has to agree with the heel of god just first meeting when it went in, the emotion which came out from the fans and Robbo on the sideline, I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> Robbo and everyone jumping over the staff and it was just, it was that moment where you realise like we're Milton Keynes Dons and that that was just our, our moment. And I think obviously with it being our first win against them lot and how bitter they were with the signs and everything prior to pre-match and that, they tried to create it all about them and we got the last laugh and um, it was so, yeah, just some finish. And still today I could watch it over and over again. Yeah, honestly, I can't blame you at all putting here the God first. Uh, I just feel, yeah, I think for me, we'll get, we'll get into it in a bit, but yeah, I think Parrot for me, is just, it just tops it a little bit more, but I say it's very close. So, obviously, Joe, one vote for Parrot, one vote for Healer God. I'm interested to see where your votes are gone. Yeah, like you say, Sorinola uh, for me, he uh, is at the bottom, I'm afraid. Um, it's just, yeah, one of them where, well, I mean, at the start, I said it was an own goal. <laughs> I stand by that. And just, you know, we, we weren't there. We, no one was there. I think that, that that doesn't help it at all. Like, you know, I, I've only actually seen one of these, saw one of these goals in person, um, the Troy Parrot one. However, you know, it, you, with the other ones, you get the magnitude of it, and you understand, you know, the the sort of the whole situation around it. And so, I think, yeah, that Sorinola one, it just had a bit bit of that lacking, unfortunately. Although, yeah, like you say, it was a massive win at the time because I think it was after we'd lost a few players that January. So, mm. we, I think it was the January or the February the game. Um, so we were really sort of, and it was one of the first few first games at the new stadium, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, really good sort of um, just marker in the season, quite crucial, but ultimately a season that was, you know, it ended in, in uh, fizzling out essentially. Um, I've gone for Kasumo at fourth. I think the Carabao Cup game, it, for me, it just doesn't hold the same standing as FA Cup game, which, um, you know, two of the goals above it um, do hold. Um, yeah, like I say, Academy grad scoring an absolute beauty. Um, at an important time, amazing. Yeah, like I mean, these are all great. Well, Barton Sorinova, which is no <laughs> but the, the other four were all absolute brilliant goals. And even you, you know, there's one on this list which you haven't put, which was Matt O'Reilly's Stadium MK last season. Yeah, was it was. Yeah, game. it was. It was close. Obviously, you did add it on you there because I was he thought Sorinova was an own goal, but yeah. And I think O'Reilly actually scored at, at their place. Yeah, he scored the first well. goal. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, that know, was a tap uh, in though, but yeah. Oh, I don't know. Sorry, no, but, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like I say, Kasumu, great goal. Um, I think just maybe the occasion and the fact it wasn't a winning goal for me, um, it put, keep puts it in fourth. A third place, I've gone Stephen Gleason. Um, I think that it was, you know, first goal in the historic fixture. I was 13 at the time, 13, 14 at the time. And as someone that lives, you know, an hour away from Milton Keynes and parents that don't support Milton Keynes Dons, I couldn't make it. So it was on TV. So I was watching on TV and um, yeah, just unbelievable strike, really. 
I think maybe you had to actually be in the stadium to really appreciate just how good it was. But um, Gleeson, one of my favourite Dons players, and it just, just, yeah, it just—it's the goal that cuts all. Yeah, kicked off the game, iconic, and it's you know if you if you'd say one of your favourite goals against any team, it would be probably in my top ten. So um, yeah, it, it's just a great goal that I love. I'll go with who have gone first, so I'll announce my team, my, my one in first, um, first. I've gone Troy Parrott in first. Um, I, I think, as you say, it was one of them where it, we were on that run. We were on that run and the whole circumstance of the game, it was a frustrating game. I remember we started Connor Wickham up front. Yeah, yeah. What, you know, what decision was, that was? Uh, it was just a weird, frustrating game. They got the crappiest goal, which had like a, got like deflected um, and they probably were the better team in the first half definitely um, and and then I remember you know we started getting on top getting on top and like yeah what just Lewington it, that's just typical Lewington as well because everyone else is just going absolutely mental in the box and then you've just got you're just like what's he done there and you're like oh crap like Troy Parrott's unmarked and then you know what else what else can you say like especially in the celebration I think um the, the Twitter account Footy Limbs they had it rated as like one of the best of the year, and you know for people to be saying nice things about Don's fans, it must have been absolutely mental. Well, well it was, I'll tell you. Um, and then you've and then you've got you know the celebration from Troy Parrot running over to their little uh, gang of <laughs> I don't know what you want to call them <laughs> uh, in that corner, and it was just brilliant. And and, and people forget as well. You know, you, you, I know you mentioned about two points dropped. Rotherham lost that day, so actually it was a point gained. Yeah, yeah. yeah let, let's like, you know, let's just say it for how it is. And um, so, yeah, no, I absolutely love that Troy Parrott goal. And yeah, there you go. What way will it be? One of my I like if I ever I am scrolling and you just see it, or whatever. I'll click on it without fail and probably watch it two or three times. Um, <laughs> and then um, yeah, he'll have got in second place. Look. It's it that will go down in folklore. It's probably one of our most famous goals ever, and we'll we'll remain to it. But I think for me personally, I wasn't there. It, it takes some of it away, definitely. Also, if I had to be picky, you know, the fact that there's hundreds of people or tens of people run on the pitch and he runs away from them, and so you don't really see like the fans celebrating, you know, and all that sort of stuff. I think that ruins it just when you watch it back. Um, and but yeah, no, you know, it was an amazing goal. And it's just hilarious how it all conspired as well, which is just just adds to the whole thing. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it is it's one of the it's a cult goal, isn't it? You know, it's it will go down in history of you know football history if you want. Um, so yeah, that that one I just but I just feel you know that's a cup game. You know, it didn't have it had a lot bearing on it, obviously. But as someone who's not an ex Wimbledon fan, and you know, I don't really. I'm not really involved in that debate, if you want. You know, I'm someone that was born in Milton Keynes and supported the team where, from where I was born. You know, that's 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 my, you know... So, for me, I guess it's it's the Parrot one just for the magnitude of it, I think. Yeah, I remember um, I was sitting a few rows above um, Sweetie and Crampton and all them lot, and I remember seeing them, seeing the Sarah and the Parrot goals. You don't see anything like it again. It was, uh, it was incredible scenes. They were loving it, and everyone was getting jumped all over the place. It was... Uh, it was yeah, it was a really special moment. I don't think we'll ever experience again. So it's um, yeah, it was a it was an interesting day, and uh, you know we took it from it, which is nice. Ross, I saw you uh, I saw you shaking your head furiously at Healer God being second on both of our lists. It, it, it doesn't. You, you guys are not doing it any justice. It's oh, it was yeah, it was an incredible moment, and there's not much more I can say to change you, your guys' mind, but. I'm not saying Parrot's goals are uh, crap, if you want to say that, but uh, it's Joe's talking about obviously the occasion and everything. But uh, all I can say is, well, if you were there, you would know. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Oh, that's right. But that's like, like I said, I wasn't unfortunately, you know. So I can't, I can't, you know. So I, I wasn't there in 0708 when we got promoted or won the JPT. So I can't say that that's, you know, that could very well could have been a better season than you know, the 14-15 season or whatever. But for me, I didn't experience it. So, uh, unfortunately, we'll 
Yeah, well, I'm sure there'll be plenty more in the future. Well, yeah, not, not that... against AFC promotion campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We might not be playing them for a very long time. No, I, hope, I hope not. I hope not. Um, yeah, but say both both of those top two were, were incredible moments. And yeah, I say I think um, they need to watch back that that FA Cup game actually at some point because I watched it back in a little while and uh, you forget little bits about it sometimes when you've, when you've been there. And obviously, I think say Joe, you, you were first. You think I was about was like 14 or 15 at the time so yeah it's uh it's 2012 wasn't it yeah yeah so pretty yeah pretty getting up to 10 years to the day pretty much that happened yeah so. i was and it was oh it was at the end of the year though wasn't it It was december so i was i was yeah i was 14 yeah i was 14 yeah so um i suppose i suppose with the first of the power one also you know we're all a bit older now so Maybe you can appreciate it a bit more and don't appreciate, well, apart from Ross, maybe don't appreciate the moment again, but uh, maybe I'll watch it back and then change your list and, and please Ross. But um, but no, we'd love to hear, we'd love to hear your your list of our five that we've made down. Um, I'm sure myself and Joe will get um, a bit of hate from putting Heligos second, but you know, it's our list, it's our list. So you know, I'm sure a lot of people have their Heligos at first, but no, it would be, it would be great to hear all your guys' lists. So please send them in. And um, yeah, we'll try and make this a weekly occurrence. Uh, I'm not sure whose turn it'll be next week, but uh, I'm sure I'll nominate someone in the end to get a topic of sorts or a uh, quiz sort of site element going. But yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Income Podcast. Of course, a no game this weekend, unfortunately, but hopefully you can enjoy the little bit of break and get back to the swing of things next weekend against Peterborough, which we will also preview next episode. Uh, so until then, come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.